This evening we are going to go to the Gospel of John, chapter 11. Now a certain man was a sick Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus said, answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? Anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sake that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. I'll pause here. Uh, the key word that I will explain in the sermon, that he delayed for two days, uh, Lazarus is dead, and he said, um, I'm glad that for your sake I was not there, that you may believe. You may believe. The theme, believe, continues. And Thomas, who is called the twin, uh, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is come into the world. And then she had said these things. She went to her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. 
Now Jesus had not yet come to the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying she is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came when Jesus, where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. And come to them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? When Jesus again, then Jesus again, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb, it was a cave, and a stone laid against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, uh, if you would believe you would see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he said these things, he cried out with loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with clothes. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, what shall we do? For this man works many signs. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and nation. They made a decision, and then afterward, that, that um, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people. So they made a plan to kill Christ and later chapter 12 they also made a plan to kill Lazarus as well. The confessional reading comes from Lord's Day 22 which is about a resurrection. Lord's Day 17 we learned about Christ's resurrection and that Lord's Day 22 is about our resurrection. Lord's Day 22. How does the resurrection of the body comfort you? Not only will my soul be taken immediately after this life to Christ's head, but also my very flesh, raised by the power of Christ, will be reunited with my soul and made like Christ's glorified, glorious body. So there's something about Christ, the relationship between Christ and His church, head and the body, and then we will rise and be like Christ.
Christ's glory, glorious body. Next question and answer. How does the article concerning life everlasting comfort you? Even as I already now experience in my heart the beginning of eternal joy, so after this life I will have a perfect blessedness such as no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has ever imagined a blessedness in which to praise God eternally. So what the Catechism teaches is that there is a something in a believer's heart. There's already a joy, beginning of joy in this life. Why is that? Because your heart was resurrected already by the power of Christ. Beloved in the Lord, a wise king, the wise king Solomon once said, Better to go to the house of mourning than go to the house of feasting. So that, so that is the end of all men, and the living will take it to the heart. Uh, my dad used to say in a similar way that it is always good to visit the funeral place when someone passed away. And it's good to visit the wedding as well. But the people will surely remember that when you come and comfort people who are mourning. Because everyone dies eventually. Death is the end of everyone. everyone, And wise men would go to the funeral house to comfort those who lost a loved one. And they will remember that for a long time. So when Lazarus died, it says in verse 19... Many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Many Jews came to Mary and Martha, suggesting that Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they were well-known family among the Jews. Probably prominent family. And also in verse 2 tells us that one of the sisters, that Mary, that Mary, who anointed Lord with the fragrant oil, wiped his feet with her hair, which means uh, they were probably wealthy too. They could afford expensive fragrant oil. Uh, when John said that Mary, that particular Mary, he probably used that expression because uh, when he wrote it, the first audience, the first Christians, the early Christians, probably still knew about that Mary. So anyway, so many Jews came to comfort the family. And it seems like they had uh, an idea, this idea that someday they will rise again. As we read from Martha's confession in verse 27, I know that, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So you can sense that there was a belief among the Jews somehow there will be resurrection. But the resurrection, whether how that works, or the resurrection, the fact that resurrection has everything to do with Jesus Christ, they didn't know, it seems like. It's like a person, the person knows that there's door in heaven, there to a door to heaven, and you know you have to go through that door to obtain the heavenly blessings and treasures. But how and who holds the key to heaven, he is not sure. So in other words, they knew that there is a resurrection, 
We will rise again. But the crucial part, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He is the author and he holds the key to our resurrection. That is the crux of this text. That Jesus wants the Jews to know that he is the resurrection and the life. So that is the theme of the sermon. He, Jesus is the, the resurrection and the life. And we see, first point, he arrives at the, the, uh, the grave, uh, the, the grave site or um, the funeral, if you want to call it that way, as a late guest. And then there he teaches the truth. There's a conversation between Martha and Christ. And he raises Lazarus. Different cultures have different customs. Different cultures have um, different wedding custom and funeral custom. Here in Canada, what I experienced was, it seems like uh, they have a limited time for visitation. When someone passes away, uh, it, they have a visitation, usually last one or two or three hours maximum could go longer, but I've never seen anything beyond having visitation beyond three hours. But back in my home country, uh, I can tell you the visitation lasts for two or three days. Day and night, nonstop, nonstop. I remember when my grandfather passed away, there were over thousands of people, not that they knew my grandfather, but he knew my uncle who was very popular uh, he was the manager in a bank. He had uh, some, uh, some connection with many people, business people. They came for the sake of my uncle. Uh, so anyway, there were over thousands of people, relatives and friends and visitors. And a visit happened over two days, the day and usually on day. Uh, it could go up to 11 uh, at night. And as a family member, uh, because I was the, um, the oldest grandson, uh, I had a special role. I had to stand in the front and, you know, Asian bows. You have to bow to everyone. And it's really, really intensive uh, labor. But in the region of Judea, that, that was not the case. Because in the ancient days, they didn't have a funeral house as we do, where they can store a dead body in the cold fridge. They didn't have one. So what they had to do is they had to bury the dead almost right away. So they didn't have two days of long visitation. You can see that they had to bury the dead and then probably comforting happened afterwards. Now in our text it says in verse 1, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany. The sisters, Martha and Mary, sent Christ, probably a servant or messenger, saying, The Lord, uh, Lazarus, uh, he whom you love is sick. That's a John's language. Whom he, he you love, he loves. Uh, so, Lazarus, at least at the time, Lazarus was sick, probably deadly well, ill, but he was not dead yet. And Jesus makes a very odd comment. The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. It's kind of similar to uh, what he said in John chapter 9. The man born from blind, the rabbi who sinned, this man or his parents, Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but 
that the work of God should be revealed in him. We see something similar here. Well, Jesus, Jesus does not mean the sickness is not fatal, but that it will not end ultimately in death. That's not what he meant. But he meant it will end in resurrection from the dead. And as a result, God will be glorified and many Jews will believe in Christ. Now in verse 5, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, you would think, well, the story, he loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And when he heard Lazarus sick, he left immediately. You would expect it that way. But it says he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Seems to be very contradictory. If you love Lazarus, if he loved Lazarus, it probably, it's probably logical to, for him to go, not to delay. And it almost sounds like he delayed two more days intentionally. And, according to verse 5, he delayed two more days because he loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. How can this be? How does that make sense? Well, if you reconstruct the story, uh, let me put it this way. When Jesus arrived, it says, Lazarus was dead for four days. Jesus delayed for two days. Let's say it takes about one day to get there from where Jesus was to Bethany. Uh, That means Lazarus was already dead by the time when the messenger came to Jesus and said Lazarus was ill. If you reconstruct the story, it will go that way. So the messenger doesn't necessarily, he didn't know, of course, that Lazarus was dead because he left when he was still alive. And by the time he arrived, Jesus knew by supernatural power that Lazarus had already died. The reason I'm telling you this is because some people uh, might criticize that Jesus intentionally waited until Lazarus died. He intentionally let Lazarus die. And that is not the case. Because it, it is logical to think that Lazarus already died when he heard the news. But still, there's a lingering question. Uh, why did he delay for two days? I mean, nobody wants to be late for a funeral. I don't. And it seems like he did that on purpose. It's very clear in verse 15. I'm glad for your sake that I was not there, that you may believe. Later in verse 42, when Jesus prayed to God the Father, he said, Because of the people who are standing here, I say this, that they may believe that you sent me. So you can see there's a, there's a bigger goal. There's a bigger purpose. We think that when a person dies, that's the end of life. That's what the world likes to believe. For for Christ, he had a job. He had a test, which is to teach the people the truth. That he is the resurrection. He is the life. So you can say he delayed intentionally two days for the sake of his disciples and the Jews. That they may 
believe in the Lord. And it is clear in verse 4 that this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Verse 32 Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Let's say Jesus arrived before Lazarus died, which Martha and Mary wished. If that happened, they would think that even Jesus cannot do anything once a person dies. That's why some Jews were thinking too. Verse 37, some of the Jews said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? So we can assume, safely assume, and that was, the, that was what Jesus was aware of. If he arrived earlier, let's say a day before Lazarus' death, or around the same time he died, then they would understand this miracle as mere resuscitation of some kind, or medical uh, miracle of some kind, not as resurrection. And of course, if you compare healing someone versus resurrection, the resurrection has huge more impact. Another reason why he delayed two days, again, not because he wanted Lazarus, Lazarus to die, he was already dead, but because his works of ministry he wanted, to he wanted to teach people that his ministry is not to be manipulated by human wishes. Oh, I wish the Lord was here. We sometimes have that. There's an important theme throughout the Gospel of John. That Jesus works. He worked according to the Father's will. His delay was intentional so that the people may know that salvation has nothing to do with our wish or our timing. Not only salvation, but everything that we have to wait for the Father's timing just as Christ waited for the Father's timing. It's all about God's timing. We see that in John chapter 7 when Christ said, My time has not yet come. My time has not yet fully come. And here's the lesson for us. That we also should be aware that everything happens according to God's time, not our time. In our text, Jesus, His timing was regulated by His Father alone not by the request of Martha or Mary or his friends. And that teaches us patience. Regulated, our time is also regulated by the Father. And sometimes, we know, we wish that things can happen quickly or immediately. Like when someone is diagnosed with uh, something, that we wish that we can be healed immediately, and I, I wish that too. And I wish God may grant uh, whoever the healing right away. And it's frustrating that sometimes what happens is that He may uh, give you healing, but later 
He may or he may not give you the healing that you want. And sometimes you have to go through the means such as x-rays or CT scans or next appointment with the doctor that seems to take forever. Sometimes we and what we should be what we should know is that we must acknowledge that everything happens in God's timing, not necessarily my timing. And even if God allows us die, or when we hear the news of someone died, when someone passed away, well, how old is he? How old was she? And then we say, someone says, well, she was 60 or 70. And people say, oh, she was still young. That is true. That she could have lived longer. He could have lived longer. But even if God allows a person to die, let us not underestimate God's power and His faithfulness that He can, He will raise us from the dead. And here's the passage that we have to remember. Isaiah 55 verse 8. That the Lord teaches us, His people, that His thoughts are higher than ours. He said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's something to keep in our mind. Let's go to the second point. He teaches the truth. So he was heading toward Bethany, our Lazarus sleeps. I may wake him up. Sleep is a metaphor uh, for death in the Old Testament. We find the expressions like so and so, especially talking about kings. Such and such king slept, died, died, slept with his father and was buried with his father. So people were aware of this expression sleep as a metaphor of for death. However, by contrast, waking up from death, sleep, was never a common thought for people. The disciples opposed when Jesus said, let us go to Judea again. Rabbi, lately the Jews, they wanted to kill you, stone you, and are you going there again? Verse 9, are there not 12 hours in the day? Now again, the timing. If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. If one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. So, uh, again, theme of light. Chapter 1, John chapter 1, John calls Christ the light from heaven. John chapter 8, 12, Christ calls, calls himself light of the world. So Christ has to do the Father's will, and He calls that daylight, period. And it is wrong for Christ to quit before the 12 hours have been filled up. So there's a God-assigned time, metaphor, 12 hours of daylight. It means, it means for the disciples, because it is God's will for Christ to work for daylight, as long as he's working, 
he is safe. In other words, as long as the disciples have him and stay with him, he's the light of the world, there's the light, they are safe. Because God's will have to be, has to be fulfilled. So as soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. And right here, Martha and Christ had a very important conversation, profound truth. Lord, Martha said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know he will rise again last day, uh, at the last day. So for Martha, Jesus was a master physician who can heal illnesses. But sadly, Martha, her faith is limited. That her, She limits Jesus um, as just a master physician. And she also believes that there is a resurrection at the end. And this was the same belief that uh, the Jews had. Jews believed there was a resurrection. But Jesus also had repeatedly already in the Gospel of John um, about the resurrection on the last day. John chapter 5, 21. As the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he wills. John chapter 6.39 This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. So there is a consensus among the Jews, Martha and Christ. There will be the resurrection, the last day. But exactly how, how exactly is that is going to happen? They had no clue. And Jesus wanted them to know that their resurrection has everything to do with Jesus Christ. Verse 25 is the highlight of our text. Well-known text. Very important conversation. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life, he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. You know, even today, there's this abstract idea that there's the afterlife, there's a something else when we die. Not everyone believes in the afterlife, but there's abstract idea. Also, there was this abstract idea among the Jews that people will rise again. But Christ wanted to convert Martha's abstract idea into more concrete and make it personal to her. Notice the statement, how he framed the statement. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Not just abstract, there will be a resurrection. 
a resurrection, no, the resurrection and the life. Of course, we all know that everyone, every single one living in this earth will rise again. Both wheat and chaff, both wheat and tare, both goat and sheep, both unbelievers and believers, every single one of mankind will rise again the last day. But not everyone in, in, will enjoy eternal blessedness. Everyone will resurrect, but not for the resurrection and the eternal life. There's a reason why Jesus said, He didn't say, I am the resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Because throughout John's gospel, when Jesus spoke of eternal life, that eternal life is always coupled with call to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. As I said, not everyone will get eternal life. Only those who believe in Him will have eternal life, saving life. Christ has to give eternal life. Life. Whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal, everlasting life. John ch chapter three sixteen, John five twenty twenty one. As the as the Father for the as as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom He will. John chapter six, Lord's Supper. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. John chapter 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And our passage, I am the resurrection and the life. You see, just as Christ not only gives the bread from heaven, John chapter 6, 27, but he says, when he gives the bread, he said, I am the bread of life. Just as he claims that he is the bread of life, so also he does not he not only raises the dead on the last day, that will happen of course, but he wants you to know that he himself is the resurrection and the life. In other words, you want the resurrection, the life, there's no resurrection, there's no eternal life outside of Christ. Your eternal life, your resurrection, your glorified body has everything to do with Christ. He is the resurrection. Our catechism captures that and it puts a lot of lots of emphasis on Christ when he talks about resurrection. Lord's Day 17. Catechism says, Christ's resurrection is a sure pledge to us of our blessed resurrection. And this connection. He's the head. We are his body. His resurrection. We are going to rise again too. Lord's Day 22. There you go. My very flesh will be raised by the power of Christ and will be reunited with my soul and made like Christ's glorified body since Christ is our head. So, to summarize, how do we know? How do we know? Some people doubt. 
How do we know that we will see our loved ones again in paradise? How do we know that we will rise again? The Bible speaks that because Christ rose, His resurrection is a sure pledge that we also will rise again. Sure pledge. You know what pledge is? A guarantee. Because He is the resurrection and the life only if we abide in Him with a believing heart. This unification, me and Christ, will make me rise again. So he continues in verse 25. He who believes in me, is the same thing, call to faith. Though he may die, he shall live. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? This question that Christ is asking, Martha um, at the time, he's asking you as well. Do you believe this? Martha says, Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God. She believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's a question about the resurrection, right? And him. And notice the answer is focusing on Christ. Yes, I believe in the Son of God. The same question should be asked to you. Do you believe that you will rise again? Yes, I do, Lord, because I believe in you. It's a very important question. Let's go to the third point. He raises Lazarus. So he arrives at the tomb. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, it smells. He's been dead for four days. He was definitely dead. He's beyond any possible resuscitation. Verse 41, they took away the stone from the place. And then what did Jesus do? Would we like to jump into the conclusion? Well, he, he called his name. Lazarus, come out. But really, what did he do first? Notice that before he commands Lazarus to come out, first he prays. To the Father. Well, this is something that many um, story Bible miss. They miss the many things, and this is one of them. Not many people remember that Jesus prayed. The purpose of this prayer is to let people know that that Father, as Jesus was sent by the Father to do His will according to His time. As the Apostle John numerously emphasized that Jesus is the Son of God, and also He is the heavenly manna, He is the light of the world, He is the living water sent by the Father from heaven. And right here, Jesus demonstrates that because He wants the people to know that He and Father are one. He does nothing by himself, but he is in total obedient. He is totally obedient to his Father's will. And the lesson is, just as Jesus was obedient, those who abide in him also must be obedient to God. Verse 43. He cried with a loud voice, 
Lazarus, come forth. If I do that, there is a tomb over there. I don't know whose name, the name of the person who is dead. Let's say so and so come out. Usually and rightly so, people will see me as a crazy pastor. And rightly so. He cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. So far, um, like, compare that with um, uh, chapter 9 when he healed uh, the blind man. He did something. Right? He, um, he mixed the mud with his spit. Not that he had a healing power. It had a, its own purpose. That you have to wash uh, to Siloam, which represents Christ. Right? You have to wash away your dirt, your shame, everything, your sin. Uh, and Christ is the key that there's the purpose of that. But anyhow, he did something. But here, notice that he only speaks. He spoke to a dead person. And that has something to do with what Jesus said previously in chapter 525. He said, most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Now he's talking about the spiritual dead. And also, that is true, that that's what happened here. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming, again, the God's timing, in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice, and come forth. He's definitely talking about the resurrection. The dead Lazarus heard the voice of the Son of God and came out from the tomb. Have you ever seen any dead man responding to someone's command? I noticed that there are many interesting jokes about dead person, that that person cannot ride a bike, that that person cannot do that or do this. And then it is, the jokes are kind of funny because we know that that person cannot do anything. You and I know very well that it is utterly impossible for dead man to respond. But Jesus spoke. When he spoke, the dead Lazarus came out. Must be a very shocking moment for the, the witness, the Jews, Martha and Mary. A man came out. It's very dramatic fashion in a dramatic fashion, wrapped in with a cloth. And he probably was not able to move well. Must be looking at like uh, well Jesus um, oh, there's a commentator saying something like it was whether it was very tight or not, but that's not the point. But the point is, he was utterly dead. Verse 45, many of the Jews who had come to Mary had seen the things Jesus did, wow, and believed in him. But what is more surprising and striking is that some of them did not. They saw the miracle. 
But they went to the Pharisees and told them the things that he did. One miracle, two responses. Belief and unbelief. We are going back to the main theme here. Son of man, son of God, will give life to those who believe him. Belief. Trust in him. How interesting it is that Jesus told a parable. Uh, a rich man and a Lazarus. We heard that uh, parable not that long ago. And the name of the poor man, remember? His name was Lazarus. In the parable, Lazarus went to heaven, but the rich man went to hell. The rich man said to Abraham, saying, Please send Lazarus back. If one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. Well, remember what Abraham said? No. If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded the one rise from the dead. Well, that's what's happening here. Later, Pharisees not only refused to believe, but they also wanted to kill Lazarus. One miracle, radically different response. Jesus wants life, they want death. One group of people believed and worshipped God and Christ, and the other group hardened their hearts and rejected Christ. So this passage has, uh, ends with a strong call to faith. Christ said, The dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who, will, who hear will live. The Pharisees, spiritually dead, I mean, we all used to be dead. But Pharisees did not respond to the voice of the Son of God. On the last day, they will rise too, but they will not enjoy the eternal life. But those who believe in Christ, and you and I, we can be assured that we will rise again and will live for Him forever. How do we know? Because that already happened in your heart. The dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and first thing that happens is that there is new heart, renewed. The Holy Spirit renewed our heart, raised our hearts from death that we may recognize His voice. And Christ is asking you this question, Whoever lives and believes it me shall never die. Do you believe this? And we say, Yes, Lord. Amen.